All right, welcome into another edition of Gibbs Knows Best, a podcast by the average Joe for the average Joe, talking all things Detroit sports, including Michigan and Michigan State sports. God, what a weekend. Pretty uneventful, right? Now, obviously, it was it was an extremely eventful weekend in the world of sports, including Detroit sports. I mean, my God, the news broke Saturday about Matthew Stafford and the Lions mutually agreeing to part ways this offseason and little shocked to say the least. I mean, I knew this was a possibility going in and I I mean with the new coaching staff, new front office, there there was a chance that this could happen, but realistically, in my opinion, I just I just didn't think it would happen. I, I didn't think Stafford would want to leave Detroit, but a guy that doesn't say much to the media, a guy that doesn't have social media, a guy that really just doesn't say a whole lot in general, other than the fact that he loves the city of Detroit and he loves being here. He's decided he wants out and he doesn't want to go through another rebuild. And honestly, after a couple days of reflecting on the news and thinking about things, I I don't blame him. I, I can't blame a guy like Matthew Stafford for wanting out of this situation. I mean, think about the last 12 years in Detroit for him. First couple years, he was banged up. I mean, he played on a bad football team and it he struggled to be on the field. Year three, he blossoms. 5,000 yards, 40 touchdown passes. I mean, one of the most prolific offenses in the NFL that year. Lions make the playoffs and they end up losing to a better team in the Saints that year. But I mean, I mean, this is a guy that's been through it all here in Detroit. The last three years, you could say that he's hit rock bottom here with this franchise. Not because of his play, but just because of where the team is. And the last three years are ultimately why he probably wants out of Detroit because you you look at a scenario before Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn really gripped this organization they were on on the cusp of being a great franchise look at Caldwell's last three seasons they start one and seven and 2015 but they dig their way out of it 2016 happens they go nine and seven and they make the playoffs and Stafford has eight comeback wins that year. He's on the verge of being an MVP candidate that season. And the city has buzz. The city believes in the team and the guys on the team believe in the team. It was a complete culture shift, I guess I could say, going from Caldwell, where he was playing his best football of his career and going from Caldwell to Matt Patricia, where you, you saw a lot of the the stars on this team, Golden Tate, Quandre Diggs, Darius Slay, the big personalities, you saw them getting shipped out for having big personalities and the team becoming a shell of what it was over the last three years. And it's, it's really sad to see what's happened here with the Detroit Lions and Matthew Stafford, but a new era brings new hope. Dan Campbell gets hired, you know, he's filling out his staff. He now has Anthony Lynn as the offensive coordinator. Aaron Glenn comes in as the defensive coordinator. We're seeing new, new faces in the front office. I mean, Brad Holmes gets hired as the general manager. John Dorsey comes in. You just see that change is coming. And unfortunately, Matthew Stafford is part of that equation this time around. And personally, I'm a huge fan of Matthew Stafford. So this this one stung when I learned about it on Saturday. And it's going to be different watching the Detroit Lions now. I mean, the biggest reason for watching this team over the past five seasons now has been Ben Matthew Stafford. You knew what you were going to get from him. Consistent play and a guy that can make every throw in the book. A guy that's going to go out there, whether he's hurt, whether he's completely healthy, and he's going to give you everything he's got. He's going to lay it all out on the line for you. You can't ask more out of a franchise quarterback than that. Wherever he goes, I hope he succeeds. And I know wherever he goes, he's going to succeed because of that mentality that he has. He's he's tough. He He's going to lay it all out on the line every time he steps on that field. And and 
wherever he ends up going, I'll be a fan of Matthew Stafford wherever he goes from here on out in his career. I, I saw on social media over the weekend a list of probably 10 different teams where Matthew Stafford could land. I look at maybe five and I think, wow, he would fit in perfectly there. Starting with the New Orleans Saints. I mean, they just moved on from Drew Brees. Yeah, everybody's talking about how Drew Brees was talking to Jameis Winston on the sideline after or right before the game was over against the Bucs and they knew they were going to lose. And he said, this is your team now. I I have to believe if they have a chance at getting Matthew Stafford, they're going to take Stafford over Jameis Winston every day of the week. I think that's a good fit for Stafford down there. That's a really good team that is an elite quarterback from being a contender. Not downplaying what Drew Brees has done over his career, but Drew Brees over these past couple years hasn't been the same Drew Brees that we saw five to six years ago. Like I said, that's no shot at Drew Brees. He's a Hall of Famer and he's a legend and you know he's going to go down as one of the best quarterbacks to ever play in the NFL. But I'm just saying, I think the Saints would take Matthew Stafford over Jameis Winston in a heartbeat. A couple other places I could see him fitting in really well, San Francisco. Look at what that team is. I mean, a great defense. I mean, last year, different story for them. I mean, a lot of injuries on that side of the ball. Not enough consistent play on offense from the quarterback position, mainly because of injuries. Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt for almost the entire season, and then they had a couple other guys come in and play quarterback for them, and none of them good enough to get them wins at the end of the day. And Matthew Stafford, he can be that guy in San Francisco. I think the 49ers become the immediate favorite to win that division once completely healthy, and with Matthew Stafford at the quarterback position, I think that's a really good football team. Another place where he would fit in well, the Washington football team team. Yeah, Alex Smith was a great story. We should just change the Comeback Player of the Year award. (laughs) We should change the name of it to the Alex Smith Award. Seriously, that story is fantastic. Getting that football team to the playoffs this year, that's such a good story. Ron Rivera, one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL, in my opinion, and Matthew Stafford would fit in great there. That's, That's a team that has a good defense. They have a couple rising stars on offense. They have Gibson. They have uh, Terry McLaurin at the wide receiver position I mean that that's a that's a team on the rise and I think he immediately makes them the favorite to win it all in the NFC East despite what Dak Prescott does in Dallas if he comes back or not I think that immediately becomes the favorite to win the NFC East next year so that would be a good spot and here's one and everybody's talking about it Indianapolis they lose Phillip Rivers and now Matthew Stafford gets just slides right into that quarterback position there. They have one of the best defenses in the NFL. They have two really good running backs when they're healthy, Marlon Mack, and then they have um, Jonathan Taylor. You can't forget about Hines out of the backfield too. I mean, that's they got three efficient running backs and they have weapons on the offense. They have weapons all over the field on that side of the ball. T.Y. Hilton still plays there and they have a couple other young receivers coming up there. That That's a good team in Indy. And you saw what they did with just Phillip Rivers this year. They won 11 games almost won the division. Imagine Stafford coming into that scenario. I mean, you have two teams in the South that are not in any position to win next year, being the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, all you got to deal deal with is the Tennessee Titans, who can't take anything away from that team. That's a good football team. But I think the Colts immediately become the favorite in that division if they get Stafford at quarterback. And I, I don't know who would disagree with me on that. But those are just some spots where Stafford could end up. And it's bittersweet, but I, I hope wherever he goes, he succeeds. And last week on the podcast I talked with Tony Dombrowski good friend of mine 
And we talked about, before we learned about the Stafford news, we talked about what would be their biggest need going into this year's draft. They have the number seven overall pick. What are they going to do with it? And we both kind of agreed that defense was the way to go here. They they need somebody, they need a playmaker on defense, whether it's a pass rusher, a linebacker, they need somebody that can make an immediate impact on that defense because they had one of the worst statistical seasons in NFL history. So that was kind of the consensus there. Do they go quarterback now? I mean, you you lose Stafford, so what's the bigger need? A defensive playmaker for a horrible defense or quarterback? I mean, you you have to say it's quarterback because if you're if you're looking at a list of priorities for any NFL franchise, wh- what's the first thing you need? What's the biggest need on an NFL team? You need a quarterback. You need a difference maker at quarterback. So I think moving on from Stafford, they're going to go quarterback in the draft. And we'll see what happens from there. We're going to get into it with both Ben Raven from MLive and we're going to talk to Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit about the Lions. The Stafford news, what do they make of it and where do they go from here? And I mean, just got so many things going on with the Detroit Lions right now. I mentioned the new coaching staff. Uh, Dan Campbell gets hired last week. Anthony Lynn gets hired over the weekend. Aaron Glenn gets hired late last week to be the defensive coordinator. Then we have a couple moves in the front office. John Dorsey coming in to be a personnel executive and Ray Agnew to come in and be the assistant general manager. So a lot going on in Allen Park right now and a lot of change coming to that franchise and hopefully change for the better. That's that's all I can hope at this point with this team. And then, I mean, a lot happened over the weekend in the NFL, not just with the Lions, but we had championship weekend, championship Sunday, the NFC championship and the AFC championship game. Tom Brady and the Bucks, they beat Green Bay 31 to 26. And God, it's going to be something that I think Matt LaFleur is thinking about for the next six, seven months. <laughs> that decision late in the game, they're down by eight two minutes to go and they kick a field goal to make it 31-26. They take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands late in the game and they they kick they kick the field goal and he he was thinking, "Oh my, okay, here we go. Defense, we just got to make a stop and get the ball back and Rodgers will lead us down the field and score." Well, didn't happen that way and Rodgers after the game, man, he sounded very hesitant about the future in Green Bay and you know, didn't really give any straight answers about where he wants to be going forward, which has to be concerning for Packers fans all over the place. And back to Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, I mean, we have to stop with this whole greatest of all time conversation now, right? If not now, if he ends up winning the Super Bowl this year, we have to stop. Brady's going to appear in his 10th Super Bowl, and now he's going to appear in a Super Bowl with an with a team other than the New England Patriots. So I think we have to stop this conversation here, especially if he gets the win. Right now, Peyton Manning's the only quarterback in history to have won multiple Super Bowls with two different teams. And if Brady becomes that second quarterback to now do that, I think we have to stop this conversation. What a performance by the Buccaneers. I mean, outside of Brady, that defense was fantastic. They had pressure on Rodgers all day in that game. They forced enough turnovers to win the game. They forced, they made, they made one of the best offenses. I mean, I think the Packers had the best offense in the NFL outside of those guys in Kansas City. What they were able to do against that offense was outstanding. And hats off to the Bucs. Personally, I bet against them this weekend. Now that sports betting is live in Michigan, (laughs) I bet against them and I regret it. I do. Now onto the AFC championship game. I thought it was to be expected. I I thought the Chiefs were the better team in this game. Fantastic run by the Buffalo Bills, by the way. Can't say enough about Sean McDermott. Can't say enough about Josh Allen. That's a good team and they're going to be back. Trust me. 
they're going to be back. That's They have a stingy defense. They have a great offense. And I think the sky's the limit with that team. And they're going to be back to challenge the Chiefs again next year. But no matter, it seems like no matter what you do, it's like a boxing match with the Chiefs. They're going to sit there and absorb punches in the first couple rounds. And then they're going to come back swinging once you're fatigued to the, just a little fatigued. They're going to come back swinging at you and you're not going to know what to do because that's exactly what happened in this football game. Bills jump out nine to nothing early and everybody's surprised except the Chiefs. Nothing can phase this team. Seriously, nothing can phase this team. I mean, look at last year. They're running the playoffs. They were, they were behind in every game, every playoff game last year. They came out on top. This year, facing a 9 nothing deficit at home against one of the best teams in the AFC and didn't matter at all. They came right back. They win 38-24. to Travis Kelsey had a hell of a game. 13 catches and two touchdowns in this one. How do you defend this team? Seriously. You you could say, oh, well, they, they should have been doubling Kelsey. Okay, well, you know what? They If they double Kelsey, what do they do with Tyree Kill? Do, do you double him too? I mean, then it's impossible to stop. It really is. And then you, you don't think about Patrick Mahomes and what he can do with his feet. Yeah, I know he was banged up in this game, but I mean, this, this team is impossible to defend. That's just that's just a proven fact. We got an awesome, awesome Super Bowl matchup coming up. Old school versus new school. The greatest of all time versus the the best current quarterback in the NFL. So it's it's going to be a great matchup in the Super Bowl, and I'm so excited to see it. We're going to get into all of this next. What I want to see what these guys make of it. I'm going to talk to Jeremy Reisman from the Pride of Detroit next, right here on Gibbs Knows Best. All right, welcome back to Gibbs Knows Best, a podcast by The Average Joe for The Average Joe's talking all things Detroit sports, Michigan and Michigan State sports included, but mainly after the uh, crazy weekend we did have with the Detroit Lions, this is going to be mainly Lions today here on the podcast and right now joining me I have Jeremy Reisman the fearless leader from Pride of Detroit the SB Nation affiliate for the Detroit Lions you can find him on Twitter at Detroit Online and you can find all of his work at prideofdetroit.com Jeremy lots happened this weekend with the Detroit Lions Matthew Stafford had coaching moves front office moves but I want to get your initial reaction on the uh, news that broke Saturday night about Matthew Stafford Um, yeah it's you know kind of taking my analyst hat off it's it's tough news to hear um he's the he's been the face of the fan, franchise for the past 12 years and to see and, and to hear that he, that he wants out is completely understandable i get it um it still just kind of hurts to hear just because he's been such a integral part of, of what the lines have been and i know the success hasn't been where it needed to be but it, it seems like you could hardly ever really blame that on stafford himself and so um, it's it's kind of a, a bittersweet ending because I, I do wish him the best and I do hope he sees success elsewhere. But at the same time, this is uh, this is kind of unfamiliar territory for Lions fans. Usually, when our kind of Lions legends leave, that's the end of it. When when Barry Sanders left, he was done. When Calvin Johnson left, he was done. Now we have to sit through Matthew Stafford uh, potentially succeeding elsewhere, and I'm not sure how that's going to make me feel. It's a uh, it's definitely better bittersweet there. I've seen on social media, Twitter mainly, a lot of different places where people think Stafford might end up going this offseason. Where do you believe he would potentially fit in best outside of Detroit? 
I think uh, everyone is speculating Indy, and I think that makes a ton of sense. I mean, they just kind of went for a stopgap option there with Philip Rivers, and um, obviously he's done at this point. So um, I think that team has you know a great offensive line, a great defense, and and really uh, they're just missing some offensive parts, starting with the quarterback first and foremost. And um, we'll see in terms of what what sort of things they could offer Detroit. Uh, that that all kind of. You know, and that that stuff will matter eventually. But in terms of just like overall fit, I think Indianapolis just seems to make a lot of sense. I think a lot of people would also get excited, myself kind of included, if he were to go with Kyle Shanahan over there in San Francisco, who definitely will will be considering a, a quarterback market this year. Um, but yeah, I, I think in terms of my favorite fits, I think Indy and San Francisco are at the top of that list. I had this conversation because I I work in morning radio out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I was having this conversation with one of the people I work with in the morning when we were talking about Stafford and the Lions and football in general this morning. He mentioned to me, he goes, well, one of the places I saw that could have been a potential destination for Stafford is the Chicago Bears. And I simply said, "I, I, I probably will just quit watching the Lions as a whole if they end up trading Matthew Stafford to the Chicago Bears I couldn't handle watching him play my favorite team twice a year and probably beating my team twice a year that would be really tough on me I do like the San Francisco fit I also saw maybe the Washington football team and I think that would be a good fit for Stafford as well What, what do you think the possible return for Matthew Stafford would be once we trade him yeah that's I mean that's a really good question and and one that kind of remains to be seen I remember before the news even broke I kind of I put it out on Twitter like if I'm the Lions I'm not accepting anything less than a first and a and a day two pick and the the reactions I got on Twitter were polar opposites there were a ton of people saying like they better get two two firsts or, or you know it, it's a complete waste and then I got a bunch of people saying laughing at me saying there's no way he gets a first round pick but I think you look at the market there's a lot of teams that are that could be looking for a quarterback this offseason while yeah Deshaun Watson's potentially out there too um, I think Matthew Stafford makes a lot of sense he's his contract is, is very doable um, in terms of, of what it would cost them um, he's still got two years left on the deal. Maybe, you know, has another three or four years after that, potentially, if, if you're looking for a long-term solution there. Um, so, I, I mean, you look at some of the past deals, and it looks like first and and fifth or so is, is about maybe what you could expect for him. You know, there, there's been a lot of Sam Bradford, I think, is the deal that a lot of people point to, which I think was a first and a fourth that could have been up to a second, but I think ended up staying at a fourth. Um, so I think that's, that's probably your logical starting off point. I think... I think if you're asking for two firsts, I think they they will have found a desperate team. Um, so I think maybe maybe what I originally said in, in a first and a day two is is realistic. So right now the Detroit Lions have the number seven overall pick in this year's draft, and potentially trading Stafford, they might end up with a couple of first round picks this year. Who knows what's going to happen, and we'll, we'll probably find out over the next couple of weeks. I would assume. I had this conversation with one of my friends, Tony Dombrowski, last week on the podcast about where do the Lions go first in the draft, and we both kind of agreed on defense. But now that you know Stafford is not going to be a part of this equation next year, do you think the Lions go quarterback with the number seven overall pick? I do. I think it's it's inevitable, and whether whether it's the first overall pick, I mean, they could always get a trade and, and get someone in return. Like if if you want to think pie in the sky fantasies, maybe they somehow swing a Deshaun Watson trade. Just it probably wouldn't just be a straight up trade, but whatever. Um, 
I, I do think though quarterback has to jump at the top of the list and you just look at some of the guys that they've they've brought in for that front office and they have experience going out and getting a quarterback whether it's you know brad holmes and, and his trade up to get or you know it wasn't him that traded up but his scouting that led to them drafting jared goff um you, basically everyone now that they've added in that organization has um some sort of you know john dorsey the the guy who has kind of an unspecified role according to reports in, in the front office he's a guy that went and got Patrick Mahomes and he got Baker Mayfield for the Chiefs and Browns respectively so I think I think that's part of the reason why those guys were probably brought in I think they they definitely want um, a quarterback and, and maybe that means picking at seven maybe that means packaging whatever pick they get with Stafford with seven and going up and getting a guy because I'm not so sure they're going to be happy sitting there and waiting for maybe the third or fourth best quarterback in the draft. Maybe they have a guy that they're circling right now. So uh, not only do I think that that pick at seven has to be a quarterback, I think they might be picking earlier than that. Can you sit and imagine just for one second what it would be like as a Lions fan to see them packaging draft picks to move up in the first round to get a high-profile quarterback and how much buzz that would create? Yeah, (laughs) it would create buzz. I think it would create a little bit of backlash, too. I mean, you're getting rid of one premier guy, and and you're essentially not getting anything else in return except for this new young quarterback, and you know that's a considerable risk to take on. But at the same time, we see so many teams – building that way with a young quarterback on a rookie deal so um yeah i mean it would be one of the most buzzworthy noteworthy off seasons maybe in lions history it might already be there given <laughs> given everything we've seen but um yeah if they were to then package up and get you know whoever it is as, as they're you know the first or i i don't i don't even want to put it out there that i think the lines could go out there and get the first quarterback available i don't think jacksonville's budging right there but um you know you never really know i guess talking with uh jeremy reisman from the pride of detroit right now you can find his podcast the pod cast talking all things detroit lions wherever you get your podcast jeremy uh one one more question for you kind of shifting away from matthew stafford and looking at this new coaching staff the detroit lions have daryl bevel moved on he's going to be in jacksonville we hire dan campbell as the head coach we hire anthony lynn to be the new offensive coordinator and then we hire aaron glenn a guy that worked with campbell in in new orleans to be the new defensive coordinator i guess how would you grade this new coaching staff you, you have to feel pretty positive about it right you i mean it's very clear what they're trying to do and that's get a bunch of relatable former players on the staff um to to kind of bridge the gap between you know what happened in the last two years with matt patricia you know ostracizing a lot of that locker room to getting a a room full of guys that that not only are players coaches and that you know they can relate and understand some of the things going through but these guys also have an extensive history i mean anthony lynn obviously head coach for for three or four years there with the chargers has a little bit of offensive coordinator experience but comes from that side of the ball um deuce staley is a guy who's been an assistant running backs coach or assistant head coach and running back coach for almost 10 years over there at philly aaron glenn is a guy who's been tagged as a as a head coach candidate in this league and again defensive coordinator will be new to him but he's been coaching that side of the ball for several years now and and so i think you have to really like you know in terms of the energy in terms of the spirit that that coaching staff is going to really have yes a lot of them will be taking on new roles that they've never had before but in general I think you have to really be excited about them and you know if I had to put a grade on it I mean I guess like a B plus just be and and the only reason it's not an A is because of that experience a lot of these guys are taking promotions but um, a lot a lot of these guys I think it's important to point out were wanted by other teams right like 
Uh, Aaron Glenn was was being courted by the Bears. So was Deuce Staley. Um, a lot of these guys had opportunities elsewhere, and they chose Detroit, which means that's a that's a huge win for the Lions. Shifting away from the Detroit Lions now, really, really big drama-filled Sunday in the NFL with both the NFC and AFC championship games. Old school versus new school heading into the Super Bowl. Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, the Bucks versus the Chiefs. I, I guess right now, who would you say is your early favorite to win the Super Bowl? Man, uh, I probably would have picked the Chiefs last week if you had told me this was going to be the matchup, but we, we saw... I think a lot of people just underrate that Bucks defense. Everyone talks about Tom Brady and all the weapons he has on the offensive side of the ball. But that defense is really, really good. And we saw them really stun Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in the red zone several times in that game and obviously led to that strange decision to kick a field goal late. Um, so I think I'm leaning I'm leaning Bucks right now, especially with the fact that um, the Chiefs are going to be missing both their, their tackles, their offensive tackles in this game, um, with one of them suffering a, an Achilles injury, I believe, in the conference championship game. That Bucks defensive front is really good, and they're going to give Patrick Mahomes everything he can handle. And, and while I'll never bet against Patrick Mahomes, I think I'm leaning Brady and the Bucks for this one that's jeremy reisman again you can find all of his work at prideofdetroit.com you can find him on twitter at detroit online on twitter thanks again jeremy for joining me today no problem travis thanks for having me okay welcome back to gibbs knows best a podcast by the average joe for the average joe talking all things detroit sports including michigan and michigan state sports but on this episode seems like we're talking all things detroit lions what a weekend it was for the for the detroit lions coaching moves matthew stafford front office moves i mean we got everything this weekend and joining me right now from m live it's ben raven ben thanks for joining me today and i guess to kind of start our conversation what were your uh, initial thoughts and what was your reaction to the Stafford news breaking on Saturday night? Uh, somewhat surprised, just because I don't, I don't know. I, I kind of convinced myself that he would probably be back, just based on the contract situation, not based on anything I had heard. But you know, I mean, you know, props to the team for the transparency. I mean, even the team website reported the reports. It's funny how they do that, but uh, yeah, it kind of shocked me. And I mean, it's a, it's a new era. I mean, this is a clean slate. It's looking like once the steel pulls off, it's going to be a new era for the Detroit Lions. Looking at the uh, the landscape right now with the Lions, um, what's what do you believe? Where where do you think his best fit is outside of Detroit? You know, I mean, the obvious candidate that comes to the front of the mind is the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, I feel like that's the most obvious candidate on the board. After them, I feel like it's with the with the hiring of Martin Mayhew as general manager in Washington. I feel like Washington shoots right up that list, one A, one B, right there. You know, I mean, Mayhew drafted Stafford first overall in two thousand nine. He's the new GM in Washington. Recently, three years ago, he was calling the quarterback a Hall of Famer. They need a quarterback. This was a playoff team last year that's got a ton of assets in place. They could give up a first-round pick. I think Washington's a sleeper. New Orleans Saints, another obvious one, depending on what happens with Drew Brees. And I think the 49ers are a sexy pick right now, but uh, I feel like that's going to be the hardest one to uh, pull off, not not out of Houston, you know. And then uh, another one I kind of had down is just uh, New England Patriots. I think they're going to be going in a new direction after Cam Newton experience kind of went off the rails last year to no fault of his own but uh you know the interesting aspect in new england is the fact that matt patricia's on the staff he's not a coach he's not a coordinator he's not a position coach or in the front office i mean all he is is an assistant to the staff who has the full rundown of Stafford's recent medical history so the patriots are lurking in the dark there too but i mean this is going to be outside of deshaun watson this is going to be the number one trade target in the offseason without question 
Talking right now with Ben Raven from MLive.com. You can find all his work there on the Detroit Lions, and you can also find him on Twitter at Benjamin S. Raven. Right now, Ben, what a week it was last week. The Lions hired Dan Campbell, splashes onto the scene with that press conference, the opening press conference with him as the head coach of the Lions, talking about biting off kneecaps. And then we, we hire Aaron Glenn to be the defensive coordinator, and then we hire Anthony Lynn over the weekend to be the offensive coordinator. I guess right now, if you could package all three together, what would you – how would you grade these hires by the team? I mean, the staff on paper at this point right now, considering where the Lions were last year, I mean, A-minus a hires across the board, you think? I can't give anything an A just because it's an inexperienced head coach who hasn't called plays, but the offensive and the defensive coordinator hires get A's from me. Anthony Lynn, you know, a lot of the problems in L.A. weren't play calling, weren't the offense. There was a lot of things going on there, but, I mean, you look to L.A. and the work that Herbert did – the growth of Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, even the use of Melvin Gordon before he bolted to Denver. I mean, that's a head coach experience and offensive coordinator, and it sounds like you picked the Lions over a couple of different offers. And then you got Aaron Glenn, an up-and-coming coach candidate. He's been the secondary coach in New Orleans for a couple years, I think since 2015 or 16. Played with Campbell, played under Lynn with Campbell in Dallas. I mean, there's familiarity, there's chemistry. And I had Glenn on my short list right off the bat as one of the top 15 candidates the Lions should be checking out for the head coaching job. I mean... Seriously, those three hires and then the Deuce Daily news today, I mean, uh, the staff on paper is looking brilliantly put together. And a couple of uh, front office moves came down the pipe as well over the weekend. We're talking about John Dorsey. He's stepping in to be the senior personnel executive. And then Ray Agnew, he's going to be the assistant general manager. He's worked closely with Brad Holmes in the past. What do you make of these two hires by the Detroit Lions in the front office? just smart moves smart moves brad holmes has been a college scouting director who has made his money scouting college prospects you know uh dorsey's won a little bit of everything obviously a former gm for the chiefs and browns has a great track record of drafting quarterbacks yeah i mean that is invaluable experience to have heading into this offseason and then you look at agnew i mean that fills out your pro personnel side i mean that was a well-rounded hire i think he was a former first round pick as a player too i mean there are so many former players on the staff in the front office i mean and they're all somewhat connected by some way to another so I think those hires were just wise I mean for a first year general manager who's already going to need some help figuring out the salary cap with Mike Disner to bring in a John Dorsey to bring in an Agnew from New England to fill out the pro scouting side I mean just I mean this is the thorough search that the Lions were talking about this to me is a plan that was thought out and is actually coming together I mean this looks like a well thought out plan connected connectability that hasn't been seen here in quite some time I was talking with one of my friends last week about this, you know, after they hired uh, Dan Campbell and they started to talk about all these different assistant coaches that might be coming in. This was before the news about Stafford broke, obviously. We were talking about what was the biggest need going into this year's draft for the Lions. Where were they going to go with that number seven overall pick? We both kind of mutually agreed that it had to be on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they were so bad this past season. They've been really bad for the past three seasons now on that side of the ball. With this new issue with the quarterback position here in Detroit, something we haven't had to talk about for the past 12 years, do you think they still go defense with that number seven overall pick in April, or do you think they go quarterback? I mean, at this point, if you're trading Matthew Stafford, unless you're banking to be at the top of the 2022 draft, you need to get a first-round quarterback. I mean, I mean, as bad as that defense is, I mean, Matthew Stafford put this team on his back to three wins in 2019, to five wins or whatever it was this past season. I mean, you take Stafford out of the equation, this is one of the worst all-around teams in the league, and it already was there. I mean, 
I mean, they need a quarterback. You need something to develop at quarterback. Chase Daniel ain't it. David Blau has shown signs of growth. He might be a decent backup someday, but he's not your starting quarterback of the future. I mean, there needs to be significant investments at quarterback, and then you're looking at the worst defense in franchise history. Arguably, two years run in the worst defense in franchise history. Just, I mean, they need linebackers. They need edge rushers. They've got to figure out the Romeo Quare situation. Jeff Okuda did not do a lot to instill optimism as a rookie. He's going to have some time, though. He's got a lot of coaches in place to help him get better. But, I mean, there's holes everywhere. There's holes everywhere. But, I mean, quarterback, it's the game's most premium position. If you don't have an, uh, an answer for losing Matthew Stafford, then this is already a failed experiment, in my opinion. Talking with Ben Raven from MLive. You can find all of his work, MLive.com slash Lions. And I'm sure you'll have a lot coming out over the next couple weeks because I don't think it'll be long before Matthew Stafford has a new home in the NFL. But one more question before you go, Ben. A lot happened this weekend in the NFL outside of the Detroit Lions. I mean, we're talking about championship Sunday, the AFC championship game, the NFC championship game. We have old school versus new school going into the Super Bowl this year. I guess right now as an early pick if you could make one who do you think is going to win this year's matchup i am going with the kansas city chiefs i just feel like patrick mahomes is one of those players when he's on the field when he's healthy it's hard to pick against the chiefs and let's just point out one thing it's championship game weekend and the detroit lions were one of the most talked about topics for the full week when is the last time that happened i mean just that's all that's a that's a props props to them because they dominated the week of headlines but to go i'm not trying to skirt away from that super bowl pick i just find it amazing i'm going with the chiefs i've rode the chiefs since the start of the season i mean i Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay and Tom, I mean, uh, they got away with a sloppy second half there, but that defense is legit, and it's not just legit against the run. I mean, that Tampa defense is legit. I'm looking forward to that game. That's a fun matchup. I mean, Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, I mean, you can't ask for much better stuff than that, but I am going with the Chiefs, and I, I feel pretty confident in that pick, too. I mean, that Kansas City, they just they, they answer every team's best shot and just come back stronger, it seems like. That's Ben Raven. You can find him on Twitter at Benjamin S. Raven, and you can also find all of his work at MLive.com slash Lions. Thanks again for joining me today, Ben. Absolutely. Thank you. Welcome back for the final segment of Gibbs Knows Best, a podcast by The Average Joe. For The Average Joe's talking all things Detroit sports, Michigan and Michigan State sports included. Today, interesting podcast, to say the least. The Detroit Lions, lots happened with the franchise over the past week. I had a couple guests on the show today, Ben Raven from MLive.com and Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit, the SB Nation affiliate for the Detroit Lions. We talked about Matthew Stafford. We talked about the coaching moves. We talked about the new front office moves. Both guys seem to be pretty optimistic about the future with this team. Both guys not so happy about Matthew Stafford departing, as for most Lions fans. I notice a majority of the people that I follow on social media not exactly thrilled about Matthew Stafford parting ways with the Lions, which I understand completely. I mean, Matthew Stafford's been the face of this franchise for the past five years now since Calvin retired, and he's been the franchise quarterback for 12 years. It's a position we've not had to worry about replacing, filling, improving. Stafford's been our guy through thick and thin. Injured, healthy, it didn't matter. Stafford was out on the field and he laid it all out on the line every time he was out on that football field in a Lions uniform. And there's nothing you can ask more of him. For a franchise that gave him close to nothing, he did a pretty damn good job 
in a Lions uniform. And that's all you can ask for at the end of the day. I wish him nothing but the best going forward. At the beginning of the podcast, I laid out a handful of teams where he might end up. I think Indianapolis is still the best fit for Matthew Stafford. That's a team that has a running game. They have a they have an offensive line that can dominate and they have a defense that can get stops. Can you imagine Matthew Stafford with a running back that goes over a thousand yards in a season, a top 10 defense in an offensive line that gives him time to throw the ball all at once. Not just like one of those things here and there, kind of like how he had with the Lions. All three of those things at once. I think he makes the Indianapolis Colts an instant Super Bowl contender. I think they win that division with ease next year if he goes to the Indianapolis Colts. And I think he has one of the best seasons of his career next year in Indianapolis if that's where he ends up going. A couple other places he might end up. San Francisco, that's a really good destination for him. Kyle Shanahan's a fantastic head coach. They have a very good team there in San Francisco. A good defense. They have some young weapons on offense. And Stafford's an upgrade at the quarterback position compared to Jimmy Garoppolo or anybody else they rolled out there at that position while Garoppolo was hurt this past season. Another place he could end up a place that I didn't really think about to begin with, the Washington football team. Martin Mayhew, the former general manager for the Lions, is the current general manager for the Washington football team. And that would make sense. Mayhew drafted Stafford, and I believe Ben Raven alluded to this during our show today. He he mentioned that this, this could be a good fit for Stafford. There's a lot of young pieces, kind of like San Francisco. They have a defense that can get pressure with their front four and... They have some young weapons on offense that Stafford could work with. If Stafford goes to the Washington football team, much like my comparison with Indianapolis, I think Washington is instantly the favorite to win their division, at least, and they're going to be a playoff team that makes some noise. A couple places that Matthew Stafford could end up. Where do the Lions go from here, though, without Matthew Stafford? They have the number seven overall pick in this year's draft, both Ben Raven and Jeremy Reisman mentioned that they need to draft a quarterback this year. That's the most important position on the field. The Detroit Lions have a defense that has a ton of holes, but the quarterback position is more important. The Lions need to use that number seven overall pick to draft a quarterback. If it's Justin Fields, that's fantastic. If it's Zach Wilson, that's fantastic. If they trade up to get Trevor Lawrence, even better. But They need to draft a quarterback somewhere in this draft because that's a position that needs to get filled more than any other defensive position on the field. We also talked about the NFL playoffs. What a matchup it's going to be in the Super Bowl this year. Mahomes versus Brady, Chiefs versus Bucks. Can you ask for more out of this matchup? The storylines for this, think about it. The Buccaneers, basically, well, it is a home game for them. Brady, his 10th Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes, in his second straight Super Bowl. One of the best offenses in the league versus one of the best defenses in the league. It's going to be an intriguing matchup. I'm excited for it. I can't wait for it. I'm sure I'll have more guests on next week to talk about this Super Bowl matchup. I'll have more guests on next week to talk about the Lions because I'm sure Matthew Stafford's not going to be around much longer. They're going to find a place for him to go and they're going to find what exactly they can get for him. We'll see what happens, but until then, it's Gibbs Knows Best.